0: During this time of limited travel, increased isolation, and stressful media, we want to make the most of this time right here at home. Let us be your escape from life's monotony. Allow yourself to indulge in your
1: wildest travel fantasies and discover the constant beauty of this ever-changing world with the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. Today we have some super special bonus content coming at you, picking right up on our conversation about traveling with kids.
0: So that brings us to our next section, places to go and things to do. Um, This is going to be a fun one. Uh, So what are the best places to go with kids? Maybe you've been to them or maybe just a broad um, place that you enjoy. Uh, Erin, do you want to get us started? I
2: don't really know if I can say a specific place because what I've found more than anything that my kids want is not a fancy destination, they want to just be a family. Um, We could literally drive to a hotel an hour away, (laughs) maybe not even, and they would think it was the greatest weekend ever um, because we would just be together, we would be outside of our home, we would be doing something new and fresh and they would be thrilled. So. I think more than anything, more than the destination, it's about who you're with. And there are things you can take with you anywhere. We, on our last vacation, we did a family read aloud. My husband read an entire novel over the course of our week. Um, And it was just, you know, that's not, we could, yes, we could have done that at home. We do do that at home, but they will remember reading at Paddy the Beaver's Pond um, there at our house, we were staying I had a pond. So I chose that read aloud accordingly. And you can certainly do that too. You match up finding children's books that line up with a historical place you're going or when we went to Cape Cod, reading books about the beach before you go and that just makes them that much more excited no matter where you're going. It's about who you're with, not where you go.
0: I really love the tip about reading either at a place or um, just reading in preparation. As an elementary teacher, I'm definitely going to pass it on to some of my families. Like, what can I do during the summer? Well, if you're going on a vacation, definitely read um, based on that location or some kind of title that goes along. I love that idea.
3: Well, that's interesting that Aaron said that because I didn't have a particular destination in mind either. All I thought was anywhere anywhere where your family could be together. And if there's outdoors involved with that, even better. Because kids, it doesn't matter what kind of venue you're in. If you're outdoors, they're just all about it. Um, Even Aaron and her brother, Brendan, when they were little and we would camp, that's what we did all the time. We never stayed in hotels, we camped everywhere and they would be so thrilled to get the, we'd pop up the camper and they'd get these two plastic chairs out and put them on their heads and walk around being chair heads because they couldn't wait to do that, just outdoors. And so anything, anything immersive and active and with the family together, it's, you're you're gonna just make memories. And the whole family's gonna love it.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing a theme here in our podcast too about like we've said several times. Allie and I have said it on our own. I know we've talked about it in our importance of family vacations episode. Like, it really just like it's who you're with, and it's important to spend that time together. And growing up, like with two teachers as parents, like taking any opportunity we could to just get out of the house, which was usually a place where we were together, but we all had tasks to take care of, but you go on vacation and it's it's just you. It's just you in a new place experiencing new things. So I think that's really cool. So once you get to anywhere with your family and your kiddos, what are the best types of things to do with them?
3: I would always try to plan a vacation that had some things that the adults might like while the kids would be okay with that things that kids would like things that were outdoors things that were more active things that were maybe more historical or or some museum things like a a mixture of things and it doesn't you can find that anywhere you're going to go look at your destination and just start researching and seeing what there is to do you'll find lots of things for kids to do And then the kids can sit and and just eat some pretzels while we make the stop at the brewery for the daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Those pretzels are good
1: times. (laughs) (laughs) Erin, what about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, same. We usually just look for family-friendly stuff, outdoor, indoor. Obviously, we try and lean towards free, but there are times we definitely make exceptions to that. Uh, one of the things that we've found on pretty much every vacation is playgrounds, find the local playgrounds. If it's a new playground, the kids are going to be happy to be there. Take a picnic lunch, bring, you know, bring your read aloud <laughs> and you've got yourself an afternoon. So again, it doesn't, you can easily, you know, spend a lot of money or not spend much money and still find things to keep, to keep you busy.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of finding free things. I think you can do a lot with little. Um, So I think that's really great because just getting to destinations can be very expensive. So finding free or fairly cheap things to do, I think is a really great thing because especially kids, they're unpredictable. So you don't know when they're going to have a meltdown and all of a sudden you just spend all this money on a nice experience, but they're crying and now it's miserable and you just spent like 20 bucks a person to try to do something fun and it's not what you hope. So that kind of leads us into our next section. How much should you plan in advance or go with the flow for those unexpected meltdowns or naps that you have to schedule around?
3: Well, before we had children, we would just Take off and like try to find a place to stay, and sometimes end up driving for hours and hours without finding a place to stay. Or when we were in Europe for over two months and we never knew where we were staying, as soon as we had kids, that all changed. I was like, I can't be taking our child, you know, through the night or whatever without knowing where we're staying. So, yeah. I plan things, the hotels, the Airbnbs and reservations and things in in advance. And that's also so that you can maximize your vacation time. You're not like a sitting around saying, okay, now what are we going to do next? And where are we going to go? We can just enjoy each other instead of spending time doing that. Now, if things don't work out, whatever you have planned, then you just try to go with the flow. Or if you come across something unexpected that you want to explore, then go ahead and do that. Or if you're having way more fun than you thought in one place than another, well then skip your next thing on your agenda. But generally have your other things in order so that the family is is taken care of.
0: Yeah, that kind of, if you listen to our past episode, we talked about having itineraries for kids. So I think that's kind of a good idea to have a little bit of structure, but also be flexible. Erin, do you want to add anything to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I can't imagine leaving the house and not knowing where we were going to stay. (laughs) Um, So, um, But then as far as what we do when we're there, I usually go in with a list of things we could do, places we could visit, things we could see and explore. And then each day we kind of figure out what feels right that day based on how much sleep everyone got and what the weather is like and then we kind of plan it kind of day by day while we're there with all the research done ahead of time
3: and I have one more thing if your kids know in advance how much souvenir money they have that might uh, eliminate some headaches down the road. Like at Disney World, our kids were given $10. Okay. Yeah, we're cheap, but it was $10 and that was it. So if they spent that it was done and there was just no more discussion or if like if your very youngest child named (coughs) Regan um like took a gigantic Eeyore off the shelf and stuffed it in her stroller with her and thought we were taking it out and a gigantic Eeyore probably costs about you know $700 at Disney that's that was out of the budget sorry it was over $10 (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, you weren't accounting for inflation. So probably today you would be giving me $700. So I could get the Eeyore today. (laughs) But uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's so important to have a plan so that you're, (laughs) you're not just wandering around, especially with children and like making sure you know where you're going. But um, so then you're preparing your kids for the trip and you're talking to them about what's going to happen. And Erin, I know you said you like read books that had to do with a destination. Do you have any other tips for how to prepare kids for
2: the trip? Uh, Erin, you want to start us off? Books, books are a big one. They just, they're, it engages them. So if you were going to visit an historical site, um, having read a really good, picture book before that just makes their experience at that maybe not as interesting to them site um as it, they so they'll just be that much more engaged and oh look there's this person or there's this we saw this in the book or you know things like that
3: don't underestimate kids and what they can learn and and be sponges about when you're traveling i mean these the six and eight-year-old that Aaron has, when I brought home, I brought to them this corkboard United States map that you can put pins in for places you've gone. It was in the door and they were scrounging up thumbtacks and all kinds of things and going we've been here we've been here and and Ian goes what we've been to South Carolina oh that's where Myrtle Beach is and they they knew all those things they understand geography now and they understand traveling and and historical things and things about nature there's so much kids can learn about caring for our earth just knowing like when you go in state parks and national parks you don't disturb anything you don't take it home with you because it belongs to all of us there don't underestimate the amount that your kids can learn without even realizing that they're learning
0: I think kids are very underestimated so I think it's important to just share as much as you can and hopefully they take it in if not that's okay you're still creating memories with them and I think that's what's really important at the end of the day so I guess as we kind of wrap
1: up here um There might be some people who, yeah, I hear this and like, I got a lot of good tips and okay, I understand, but they might still be a little nervous to travel with kids, especially of like a younger age. So what advice would you give to people who are nervous to travel with kids? What would you, what would you say to them?
2: I would say it's worth it. No. Is it going to be flawless? Are your children going to behave impeccably on the plane? Maybe, maybe not. Is your child going to start screaming in the airport? Maybe, maybe not. So I feel like those are the kinds of things that parents are often worrying about, like my, how this is just going to be miserable for everyone. Um, That's where I think making sure they are as much as possible when you're traveling well-rested, well-fed, um, managing their how to, are they too hot? Are they too cold? You know, trying to set them up for success. They're just little humans and they have some big feelings. And some of those big feelings are how much they just want to be with their family and, and making new memories together. We just within the past two days, two out of my kids actually said, I want to go back to our vacation house. And so I think it's kind of, you're taking a maybe it feels like you're taking a little bit of a risk, getting yourself out of your comfortable, you know, you're used to your routines at home, but it is, it's totally worth it. And there might be bumps. It's okay. It's worth it.
3: <laughs> it is so worth it. And what I think adults have to realize is <laughs> When you're going on vacation and going on into the airport or in your car, you can't be sitting on your phone. Your kids will be miserable.
2: Kids are kids. So kids are going to have bad moments, even if you plan everything. And and then that's just, you know, a moment to extend some grace to your child and, and just say, I know this is, you know, you're not at home. This is what you want. And. You know, use it as a time to connect with your child over whatever is causing that trouble because you can plan everything and it, it, you know, depending on tempers and whatnot, things can still feel a little bumpy.
3: But I do have one general tip for people that we have uh, done our whole traveling life and I think Erin has started to uh, continue that. We, we write a journal. I write a journal in our family of every single trip. And it's the things we do, but even more importantly, the silly, funny, quirky things that have happened that everybody wants to hear about. And on our trips, then the kids would want to hear the journals and I have to read various journals out loud. And now I don't know how many pages long. It's a Word document on the cloud now. And I think, how many pages are there, Regan? Like, 175 pages. I don't know. It's, it's lengthy, but it's a treasure. I treasure it and so do the kids. And, and I think our kids, Aaron, Brendan, Regan, will probably continue that with their own families because it's an important document that has our memories in it in case we forget them.
0: Yeah, even as someone who's not a part of the family, I have been a part of the journals and I've heard the journals being read and I myself journal when I travel now, so it just goes to show how much of an impact the journals can have because you don't realize, oh yeah, I said that or we did that and it's nice to have those memories to reflect on and those little moments of quirkiness that we have um, in the journal to look back on and share and pass along to our kids and it's nice to have those memories somewhere whether that be in the cloud or in a notebook wherever you have them they are going to be treasured for years to come.
1: So this has been such a fruitful conversation so great thank you so much for uh, giving your vast knowledge to us uh, who don't have kids but as we look to have kids these tips are really helpful so I really hope our listeners got something great out of this and thanks for joining us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. Come escape with us again every other Tuesday. Give us a subscribe and a follow on all of our social media and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until we chat next time, wander on.